0: All right, good to see you all this evening. Open your Bibles with me to 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. You know, what? let's start reading in verse 11. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Dear Heavenly Father, uh, help us tonight as we look at your word. And uh, Lord, as we kind of wrap up this series, I pray that that this will be a blessing to your people and uh, that you'll be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Notice that it says, Fight the good fight. Of faith. Now, I hope that you realize by this point in your Christianity that if you're going to stand for the word of God and where the word of God stands on truth, that in these days, these last days, it's going to be a fight. It's going to be a fight. Uh, When we were in New York City, I should have told it while he was here, but while we were in New York City um, this last January, Dalton Robertson had... Charlie and Kelsey, whose two daughters with them, Dr. Bill Grady was there, and they had gone to where Dr. Grady had grown up, and I've given you some of his testimony. And uh, they went to this diner that was there, and it was real expensive. You know, they got a sandwich. It was like 25 bucks, you know. And it was time to go. We had to to catch a train or something. I can't remember what it was, but they were getting ready to leave. And uh, Dalton was asking for his check. And the the waiter just kept saying, wait, you're going to have to wait. You're going to have to wait. And uh, so he finally he said, hey, we've got to go. We need our check. And. uh, The guy said, well, can't you see I'm busy? And and Dalton said, yeah, I can see you're busy, but we got to go hurry up. And the guy, the manager comes around. And comes down and starts to get in Dalton's face. And he says to him. You want me to throw you out of here? And here's Dalton. You know, he's one. Dalton's a pretty big guy, you know. And all of a sudden, he's just sitting there. All of a sudden, he is red. And, just, and the daughters, I wasn't there. Charlie and Kelsey told me about this. So said, all of a sudden, Dalton kind of rears back and he goes, Well, you better get you some help. <laughs> just like that. I mean, boom, right like that. And it's so funny, Charlie is always out there, ready for anything that's going on. Kelsey's meek and shy and nice. You know, the house is burning down, and she calls the fire department and says, Hi, how you doing? That really happened. That really happened. Okay, so we get back, and the difference between Charlie and Kelsey is this. Charlie sees me first, and she says, Brother Jim, I'm so glad you weren't there. And then a few minutes later, here comes, here, that was Kelsey. I'm so glad you weren't there. Here comes Charlie in a minute later. Brother Jim, I wish you'd been there. <laughs> What's the difference there? <laughs> One's ready for a fight. One doesn't want to fight. That, that's where it is. Notice that what the Apostle Paul is telling Timothy is that if you're going to be in the ministry, now I'm not saying young people, it's not good to fight in diners. Okay? That's not the moral of the story. Here, here's the thing. If we're going to stand for the Lord Jesus Christ, this is what Paul was telling Timothy. If you're going to stand for the truth in the last days, it's going to be a fight. It's not going to be comfortable. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be a fight. Now, for myself, as pastor, I, I told Laura this, uh, at, uh, this afternoon, maybe when we were eating lunch or look, maybe after, I'm ready for next week to get back into genesis and just biblical preaching going through the text helping people from the text our next series is really cool it's leaders and losers finding out what these guys did right and what they did wrong to help us be leaders rather than losers amen and that's going to be so helpful for all of us and i i told laura i'm ready to get back to just that kind of thing because i'll tell you what when you're dealing with the issues that we've been dealing with Man, you are just in the face of the devil and this world system and this culture. Amen? But that's why Paul told Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. So I've got some points that I want to get across to you tonight. Number one, lessons learned. What have we learned through this Shaken series? That Pastor Jim can be really long-winded. Nursery workers said... Oh, man. This morning, Doug, who else was in there with you? Josh and Haley. Oh, man, what a, what a marathon in the nursery. Is Josh here? <laughs> Tell him I said he's a crybaby. No, man, that is a marathon down there. And thank you, nursery workers, for everything you did during that time. Junior church workers. Man, junior church, I know you're done with your lesson. You're going, oh, no, <laughs> what do we do now? So I really appreciate what you all did. So, but what are the lessons that we've learned? Well, we learned that there's a global economic system that is intentionally destroying our dollar and the other currencies of the world so that we can go to a one-world currency of some kind. We know that that's going on. So economically, we are in for some dark times. And when you look at the numbers, there's a chance that it's going to hit home here. Now, one of the benefits we have is we do have a good industrial base here in our city. Um, We we have farmland around us so we can get food. Amen. You know, it it probably won't be as dark for us as it would be if you were living somewhere else. But there's a chance that some of that hard stuff is going to come here. It's already hard for some people. Right? So what do we learn from that? Well, First Timothy chapter 6, verse 17, Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. So what do we learn from, from the, the message on the economy? Let's just trust God we as Americans, we said this morning that when materialism fails, people don't automatically turn to Christ, they turn to mysticism. But that's not us. We're believers. When, when when things go hard, we look to the Lord Jesus Christ. So we prepare for the hard time by beginning our thinking with, let's just trust God. Whatever happens with the job, whatever happens with everything else, I'm just going to trust Jesus with this thing. Amen? Amen. We just got to trust the Lord. Then in the second week, we looked at Jerusalem, a cup of trembling. And man, when you see what's going on, I, I, I pulled up my Fox News uh, on my phone. I have an app that pulls up the news stories, and the top news story was that there was a riot on the Temple Mount, and that the Israeli police had to send in riot uh, forces and riot gear to get these Muslim guys off of the the mount, and they had to go into the Al Aqsa Mosque and. It, it, it's a cup of trembling, man. Every day, every week, there's something going on in Jerusalem and we got to be we're looking for Jesus to return. Amen. Well, what do we learn from that? I hope more than anything you learn to have confidence in this book because everything that God said was going to happen is happening right now and we get to see it. You know wouldn't it have been cool to walk with Jesus Christ by the seashore seriously? Would that have been awesome? Well, we can't do that, but we can see His coming. We can't walk with Him. We can't pray with Him in the garden, but we can watch what He said is coming. We can watch it happen right now. Now, here's the deal. He, it could still be another 30 years, right? could be 100 years. could be 200. We don't know. But I'm telling you this. We're seeing things that no other group of people in the history of the world were able to see. We need to have confidence in the Word of God. So remember what we said from, from the economics that we need to trust in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy from the economy, and we need to trust in the living Word from Jerusalem. When you see what the Bible has said about it, it's amazing. Then last week, we looked at the Council of the Ungodly. Modern education, the Council of the Ungodly. And um, Ed Bermond made a comment to me that was really true. He talked about, <clears throat> what he said to me was it. it it's got to be hard to preach a message that pretty much hits everybody right between the eyes. And it is. that. That's the hardest. For me personally, that's the hardest message that I've ever had to preach, I believe, between Sunday morning and Sunday night. Um, what do we learn from that? What do we learn from that? We need to trust the future of our children to the Word of God. And we must submit to what God says about education in our kids' lives. Now, I'm going to say this again. Of all Bible-believing churches in America, of all the Bible-believing churches in America, The kids from those churches who go to the public school, 80% of them walk away from the Lord within two years of high school. So what do we need to do? We need to be actively involved in our kids' education. We must. I'm just telling you, they ought to need to put revolving doors on the schools because Grace Baptist people are in there so much, in and out, in and out. Uh, I heard that you said this. I saw this in the textbook. I heard that this was going on. What's going on? Or how about this? How can I help you teach the kids better? What do you need from me to get to help my kids to know what's going on? We need to be involved in our kids' lives. Amen? We have got to do it. Lessons learned. Lessons learned. Trust in the Lord, not riches. Jerusalem. The Word of God is true. We can trust in the living Word. Education. We need to believe God, not the experts because the experts have a deceptive agenda that they're not willing to share with you. Now, remember, uh, always remember this, that we're differentiating between the school teachers and the people that design the system. There's a huge difference. Now, there are some school teachers that we'd rather not teach our kids. Amen? Wade knew. Um, We're thankful for our godly school teachers that are in the school system. We need to pray for them and help them. But, teachers, don't be deceived. Don't ever defend the system. the system. The system is Antichrist. It is Antichrist. And if you weren't here for the message, you need to listen to the message Sunday morning and Sunday night. Amen? Amen. Then, this morning, what did we learn this morning? That there is a globalist agenda that is affecting us economically, uh, religiously, environmentally, uh, governmentally, education, and entertainment. It's pushing us to this one world system. What do we learn from that? Just believe God. He told us it was going to happen. He told us it was going to happen. And here's the thing. Someone asked me this morning at the back, um, it was Jimmy, and he was asking me about the ashes of the red heifer. No. People in my Sunday school class don't understand that. Um, since I made that announcement in class, Jimmy, every time he sees me, he asks me about the ashes of the red heifer. So if he wasn't bigger than me, I'd take him down. But somebody asked me at the back of the uh, auditorium Do you think there's any hope for turning this around? No. No. No, please do not miss that. We're not going to fix this thing. Okay? But that doesn't mean there aren't things that believers shouldn't do. How many double negatives was that in one? There are things that believers ought to do in the face of the impending global system. America doesn't have to slide into it as quickly as it's going to. It's going to. You understand it's going to. Right? According to the Word of God... Every country is going to be in there. The United States is not mentioned in Bible prophecy. So that means that our influence in the world when all these things happen has been diminished to the point where we're not significant enough to mention. Okay? So we know that's happening. That's coming. But what can we do? What can we do? We can vote. Well, that's not enough. I'm just telling you, if Christians, if all the people that name the name of Christ would be educated, informed, and loud, I promise you things would be different in this country. They would be. And they can be. Do you remember in Sodom and Gomorrah when Abraham, he didn't want it to be destroyed. So he went to God. And he bargained with God. If I can just find ten righteous men, will you spare the city? You know what? I think, I think that that demonstrates the grace and the patience of God to be willing to do that. Amen? I don't know what God's agenda is as far as America goes. But I know this. It can't hurt for us to lead as many people to Christ as possible. Train them in the faith, encourage them to speak out, to live their faith in the community, in the world. Amen. And then when the globalist nonsense begins to be spoken, then we need to be informed to tell the people this is not a good thing. We're Americans. God has blessed this nation in a unique way. We need to understand that, get back to the concept of American exceptionalism. Our system was better than the others, and we need to vote people in who will bring that system back. Amen? we got to understand, elections do have consequences, whether you're electing George Bush or Barack Obama. We need to remember, both of those guys have sent us on a global path. Both of those guys. Man, we need to get, we need to get believers in there, genuine believers. You're saying George Bush wasn't saved? Uh, he didn't know enough Bible to fill up a thimble, I can tell you that. Or he wouldn't have done the things that he did. Amen? Amen. So, what are we going to do? What, those are lessons that we've learned this morning. This globalist system. We can have confidence God told us it was going to happen. Let's not be surprised when it does. And let's be discerning in the things that we read and the organizations that we participate with. Look at uh, 1 Timothy 1.18. 1 Timothy 1.18. This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy... According to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war, a good warfare, holding faith and a good conscience, which some having put away concerning the faith, have made shipwreck. Let me give some examples of it. Um, Of whom is Hymenaeus and Alexander. Now look at this. Whom I have delivered unto Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. Man, I just ask people to come to church and then people get mad. He delivers them to Satan for the destruction of the body. I, I was on the phone with somebody today. Nobody that goes to the church. Praise God. And uh, that that what I was doing this morning shouldn't be done in a worship service. And I asked this question. I said, I said, in what way? She said, the way that you were talking about those people, there was no love there. You weren't loving. And um, I said, how would Jesus have handled it? And she was real silent, got real quiet. And well, he, pr- he probably would have been loving. I said, yeah, I think he's, you know, Jesus is generally loving. I said, and he would have said, you're liars, you're whited sepulchers full of dead men's bones, you're dogs, you're snakes, you're vipers, people that follow you. You make them a more a twofold child of hell than you are yourself. I said, I said to her, how should we understand those words from Jesus that he spoke publicly? How should we understand those? And she didn't want to talk about it anymore. Folks, that's the world that we live in. Now, here's the deal. Man, if that's all we ever got here Sunday, that's it. Just beating up on people all the time. Some of you are thinking, that is all we get. What are you talking about? But if that's all that we got, man, that would be a bummer. I wouldn't want to come to church here. But when we're identifying... The world system, we set aside a month to look at, at what's going on in the world, things that are in the news, and we bring a biblical perspective to it. If we're honest, I'll tell you what, a bunch of that stuff that we looked at this morning, if that doesn't raise some passion in you, man, you're dead. Amen? So let me give you a verse that I hope will help you. Um, Look at Second Timothy one eight. You know, look at verse look at verse uh, seven. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, amen? amen, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. Now we could take that verse, verse seven, and that could have been the theme for the whole series. We don't need to be afraid of these things because they've been prophesied. We're seeing them coming. We have the power of the Holy Spirit in us, the power of the Word of God behind us. Let's just go on and do what God has told us to do. Amen? And then a sound mind. Folks, we can't have a sound mind without learning how to think about these things biblically. What does the Bible say about globalism? What does the Bible say about education? What does the Bible say about Israel and all the stuff that's going on? What does the Bible say about riches? that's the way we've got to think about it. That's where we get the sound mind, right? Now, look at the next verse. I think this verse is interesting. Be not thou, therefore, ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. Don't be ashamed of the Lord, nor of me, his messenger. I'm just going to try, without embarrassing you guys, to tell the truth from the word of god amen we have got to have that in these dark days but it's got to be biblical if it's not biblical then we've got a problem amen so pray for us that we can do that so number one the lessons learned number two don't get discouraged when you hear all this stuff that's going on, now honestly, with the economy and all this stuff we've been talking about, how many of you, it, honestly, it's a little discouraging? Yeah? Well, look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1. These are exciting times to live in. They, And, of course, that's not always good, right? The Chinese curse, may you live in interesting times, right? But look, now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto Him. Now, okay, so do you see what he's... He's begging them based on the return of Jesus Christ and the fact that we'll be gathered together. Is that what he's saying? All right. And then he says that you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us as that the day of Christ is at hand so here don't be troubled by what's going on in the world be aware of it you take care of your finances get out of debt get your house paid off get your stuff taken care of so that you're ready when the bottom falls out amen Get your house in order and then educate your kids, train your kids. Let them know what's going on. Keep them informed. Don't hide the stuff from them. Guys, this is what's going on in the world. This is why you don't do this. This is why we don't do that. We love God. God's been so good to us. Look at the life he's given us. Amen. Understand what's going on. Don't be discouraged. Don't be soon shaken. I like what it says. Look at 1 Corinthians 15. Uh, most of us who have gone through discipleship training know this passage real well. But it's really appropriate right here. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And look at verse 57. 1 Corinthians 15:57. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? He gives us the victory over what? He's talking about death here. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, forasmuch as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And here's what we think. Yeah, but man, that was in Corinth. We, we're in the middle of all of this. Nero was their emperor. Nero is their emperor. How about we be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord? Amen? We've got to learn the lessons from all these things, all this, all this work, the effort that you all put into it and the effort that I put into it to bring it to you. We, we need to learn the lessons and then we need to not be discouraged because God told us it would happen and our job is still the same. We're supposed to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith we've been called, Ephesians 4.1. Well, our job hasn't changed. Then number three. Number three? Number one, learn your lessons. Number two, don't be discouraged. Number three, let's take it to the streets. Take it to the streets. First, live out loud. The time is done for us to be silent. Amen? Well, it's not really my personality to say things. Then change. It's time for us to speak up. When people in our community are saying stupid things and doing stupid things, they need to know that that is not... Acceptable in a righteous nation. Let's speak up. Have the courage of your convictions. Take the stands when you need to. But how many of you ever had this? Something has happened, and you say, I wish I had said. Right? That means we need to be ready to take a stand for what's right. We need to be prepared. But why aren't we prepared? No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. Why? That he may please him that's called him to be a soldier. See, we, I'm not preaching at you. I'm saying we get so wrapped up in our own little world, in the cocoon of our own problems. Have you ever tried to say that fast? We get wrapped up in the cocoon of our own problems and we're not ready to give an answer. Amen? So we got to be prepared. We've got to be prepared. That means that we put on that armor of God, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, our loins girt about with the truth, the, the, the shield of faith, the sword of the Spirit, our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, that we are ready when we leave and we go out into the culture, we are out there prepared and ready to engage the enemy. Do we have any military guys here? Any guys that were trained in the military? And this was your training, right? Just relax. You'll know what to do when the time comes. If you're in the military and that's not the training you got, would you raise your hand? Why? Because it really is life and death. It really is life and death, right? Those of you in law enforcement, you've got to be ready every time something happens any time you're involved, you're on the job, you've got to be ready. You know, we as Christians are supposed to be that. That's the idea of walking circumspectly. We're looking around. We're looking around. Hey, what's going on with my kids? What's going on? Have you ever been in a situation with your your kids where you were nervous for them? It could be you're in an event with a lot of people, or you're in a place that's kind of dangerous. Uh, We went to the... uh, black canyon of the gunnison out in colorado it's like a it's like a smaller grand canyon but it's still like a thousand feet down and you know jake's out there bopping along hey hey hey, look at this it's deep (laughs) you know so you know what i was doing i was taking care of the boy i'm taking pictures and at the same time my stress level's up to here he's gonna die he's gonna kill us all you know but we've all been in those situations, right, where, where you're nervous for your kids. Well, that's how we need to live. We need to live in this world nervous for our kids. Not full of care, as the Bible says, but circumspect. What's going on? Ready. Let's be ready. Let's live out loud. Take it to the streets. Then, so live out loud and then live consistently. Make sure that your life matches up what you profess. The time for playing Christianity, it's gone. I don't know that there ever was one, but it sure is not now. It's time for us to get serious about it. It's time for us to get busy. Amen? We need, if we, how many of you think the stuff that we've talked about is true in in this series? Well, that means this is the time for us to be active, involved in our families, involved in the world, knowing what's going on. And being consistent. Now, I don't know what that means to you. There could be, in in all of this discussion, it could be that there's something that you need to change. How many of you, the, the Lord revealed something that in order for you to be consistent with your faith, something's got to change in your family, in your home, in your family, whatever, through this series. Right? Well, let's do whatever it takes for that to happen. In other words, let's live consistently. Let's live out loud so that when we speak up, our life matches what we're saying. Otherwise, they're not going to hear it. But don't think that you have to be perfect before you can speak up. You know what you can say? Like I did when I was talking about uh, the Republicans. You know what? I used to think that way too. I was wrong, I was deceived. I was messed up. It's not a Republican-Democrat thing. It's a right and wrong thing. Amen? If they're wrong, they're wrong. Let's let's make sure that we are being consistent, that we're being honest. So live out loud, live consistently, and then live courageously. Live courageously. You know, it's real easy when we're in here to say, I'll tell you what, when that happens, here's what I'm going to do. And then it happens. I told Dan New today, man, I hate conflict. I hate it. When I was young, I loved a good fight, which is a good thing because I was such a smart aleck, right? Man, I don't want to fight anymore. Any of you feel that way? You just... But the Bible tells us, fight the good fight of faith. Can I ask you a question? Is that just hyperbole? Or is it really going to be a fight? to live the faith in this age. we got to be ready to fight. We can't be too tired to stand. Even when we don't want to. If somebody breaks into your house, you can't say, can you come back tomorrow? I'm really tired tonight. (laughs) Right? Now look, look, we need to be ready, we need to be consistent, we need to be courageous. How many of you would say, it's not necessarily my nature to be out there, to be courageous. Maybe would you say that, that that's the way you are? Now, this is going to surprise you. That's me. Now, I love it. I, I hear preachers all the time say, you know, I'm really an introvert. Can you imagine if I told you I was an introvert? But I'm not a daredevil. You know, my brother's jumping off the bridge into the, the reservoir or whatever. That's not me. I'm not the daredevil. Now, get me on a motorcycle. I was a little crazy. But I, I'm not the daredevil on a lot of things. But we need to pray, like Joshua said, be strong and courageous. We need to have the strength of our biblical convictions and be willing to stand up to our families, to stand up to the teachers, to stand up to the bosses, to stand up to everyone. Amen? Right is right. So let's live out loud. Let's live consistently. Let's live courageously. And then be unashamed. Be unashamed. What did the Apostle Paul say? Let's look at it. We all know the verse, but let's look at it. Romans chapter 1. Look at verse 16. I love verse 15. And this is the way that we ought to live. This is this is the whole message. So as much as in me is, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. As much as in me is. I'm not much. But whatever there is, it's ready. Amen? Have you ever gone out that way? You're, you're kind of in the mood, I want somebody to say something to me today right and your wife comes in you go not her (laughs) right that's what paul said i'm ready everything that's in me why for i'm not ashamed of the gospel of christ for it is the power of god unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the jew first and also to the greek that's our power don't be ashamed All these things that we're getting from the Word of God, they're true. You can take them to the bank. Amen? So let's take all of this stuff that we've learned and let's take it to the streets. Let's live it. Let's let's not let it be some seminar where you get the binder and you put it on your shelf and you never think about it again. Let's get this stuff in us and realize the time is short. Jesus Christ is coming back. We have a job to do. Let's do it together as a family. You guys, you guys are... Look, at you're here on a Sunday night. you got your families here, your kids. You're wanting to serve God. Let's do it together. Let's make sure that we've got each other's backs. Amen? Know what's going on with your brother. Carry his needs. Be ready to help him. These, I'll tell you what, if the finances keep going the way that they are, we're going to have to help each other. Or are we like the story of stuff where it's the government's job to take care of us? Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Let's just be ready. All as much as in me is. Might not be much, but whatever it is, I'm giving it to God, and we're taking it to the streets. Amen? Are you with me? If you're with me, stand up. Okay, come on. We're going outside. No, I'm kidding. Let's give it to the Lord, all right? Let's ask the Lord right now. Let's ask the Lord to give us the courage, to give us the boldness, to convict us where we're weak so that we have the consistency to go out and live it out there. Dear Heavenly Father, please help us.